Welcome to Your Next Stop. This is Juliet Hahn. I am a wife, mom, virtual coach, public speaker, and crazy obsessed dog lover. I am so honored to be able to take you into the life of someone that has followed a passion. Every week, I hope you are as inspired as I am. Welcome to Your Next Stop. Hey everyone, welcome to the 100th episode. Now I know if you're listening right now, you're probably thinking, man, Julia's voice got probably got you know a little bit deeper here. Like what is happening here? This is really, really cool. This is the hundredth episode. Uh, Juliet, I mean, I've, I've kind of, we met on clubhouse and you know, we connected a lot and you know, when, when I, when we're in the room and you kind of said, you know, I really love that idea, Ryan, of, of being recorded on my own podcast or interviewed on my own podcast you know, for my hundredth episode, I just thought, you know what, it's, it's an honor. I would love to do that for you. I think it's a very special milestone, you know, 90% of podcasts don't make it past episode seven. So to get to episode 100, this is a massive, massive milestone. So uh, today, uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls who are listening, I want you to sit back, get some popcorn, get a glass of of wine, because we're going to dissect why Juliet started this (laughs) podcast, how we got into, how we got here and the journey. So Juliet, welcome to your 100th episode, my friend. Thank you so much. I'm so freaking pumped. So pumped. And thank you so much for doing this. It really means a lot. I love your energy and I'm just super excited for this. I can't believe I'm at hundred episodes. So I want to, I want to go off with a quote. Let's start off with a quote. And and this is a great quote. We may not be where we want to be, but thank God we're not where we used to be. And you know, this is a quote that I feel is uh, so indicative of, of not only this hundredth episode, but, but of life in general, you know, we're so fixated on getting to a result or a destination. And I always like to say the result or destination is going to happen uh, when you, when you, when you move on, when you're done, when your time is no longer existing. So, you know, wake up, enjoy each moment, uh, enjoy each failure, enjoy each win and take it all in and be present in your moment. So Juliet, my first question to you is, why did you start a podcast? Like what, what, what was the whole inspiration behind just starting a podcast? It's very, it seems very random. Everybody I ask this question to, they never have like a, a straight answer. It's always kind of like just weird and random. What, what was your yeah, answer? What, so why did I you start? Have, yeah, I have a total straight answer. So I started getting a little antsy in 2019. Um, my background's virtual health and fitness coaching. And it wasn't like it hitting the the passion anymore. I wasn't feeling the passion. I was feeling a little like bored in my life. And I said to my kids, you know what? I have a lot of stories. So I'm always the one that has like a story and I'm a storyteller. I love stories. I always have a story. Um, Something always like funny has happened. And I'm like, you know what? I want to take the woman that right now is in the weeds of motherhood um, and take her out of that just for 10 minutes, 20 minutes with just a funny story. So she can see, oh, this, this person, you know, cause I am on social media. This person seems like she has it all together, but she just talked about her dogs, like shitting all night, you know, mm-hmm. and having to get up or her, you know, kid falling out of their high chair. And she seems like that, that would never happen to her. So I wanted to kind of take the mom out of their life and just make them feel better and just give them that like, you know, relief and funny stuff and get them laughing. And I said to my, my husband and my kids, I said, I'm going to start a podcast. And they said, Oh, do you know how to do that? And they're very supportive. And I said, mm. no, I'm going to go to Google. I don't know anyone that actually has a podcast, but I'm going to do it. And that's the type of person I am when I have mm. an idea and I put my mind to it. Uh, I'm going to do it. So I said, I'm going to do this. I'm not going to look back. Even if I have like something I don't have to talk, like I I, I start losing content, I will find something to keep mm. this going because I mm. want to do this. 
Let's go deeper. I, I want to go deeper. Nobody gets to episode 100 unless they have something really deep inside them. And I think that a lot of inspiration does come from darkness. When we celebrate a lot of the greats in the world, you really got to come from a very pissed off, dark place sometimes to do some really crazy and different things in the world. And it's this motivation that goes way past monetary, way past money, way past accolades. I mean, you're truly running the race against your own mind and soul. So you, to me, seem like somebody who's very high energy. You talk a lot, but I'm a very good uh, people reader. And, you know, when I look at your eyes, you're an extremely emotional person. You know, you carry your heart on your sleeve or your forehead, your nose, everything. Um, <laughs> and that's, and I can hear it in your tonality and your inflection. And that's, that's where, I, where I connect with you, you know, even on Clubhouse, I'm like, well, I'm just hearing a voice, but you know, there's so much packed into that voice. So take us as your audience down that hole a little bit, down that path a bit and, and really explain from your heart and your soul what these hundred episodes have meant to you and, and tell us about some of the good, the bad, the ugly, the, the on the toilet, on the phone, the hand washing, the funniness, like just <laughs> like, don't hold back, bring us there, bring us to that why. Yeah. I mean, you know what? So I struggled in school. I'm dyslexic. And so I had a lot of learning disabilities. So school really sucked for me. <laughs> However, I was a really good athlete. So I knew that that was my, my strength. But I remember many times, you know, a teacher being like, oh, you're not going to go to college or, oh, you're not mm. going to do this. And I was like, fuck you. Excuse me. But <laughs> I, yes, yes, I am. I am going to go mm. to college because that's what I want to do. So that is something that's always driven me because uh, I knew I wanted to play sports in college. I actually played two sports in college. Um, but it, it it was a hard journey. It was hard to get there because of my grades, because test like taking was not good. Um, but I was like, you know what? I got to do this. So that kind of drives me when I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. Like I've always had that passion. I always have had that. And I, you know, I'm raising my kids to be the same way. If you have a dream or you have something in your mind, don't let anyone tell you that you can't do it. Right. Mm -hmm. If you like, don't worry about what someone else is thinking about you. And I've always, as my mom used to say to me, she's like, sometimes you were always very, like self, like so confident that I would be like, okay, this is, this is great. But like, sometimes she would have to bring me back down, you know, mm -hmm. be like, okay, that's, you know, you have to really think about that. But if someone like ever gave me attitude or didn't like, you know, said, I don't think you could do that. I never thought it was because they didn't like me or they thought there was something wrong with me. I really actually thought it was a pro problem of their own. So I was like, oh, so I never took that personally. And I think that has gotten me at a really far place in life, whether it was innately brought that way. I mean, my parents did raise us very, you know, we had a great parents that mm. really encouraged us and supported us um, mm. and really celebrated our strengths, but also acknowledged our weakness. Like, yeah, mm. you know what? You're not that great at this. So let's find something you're great at. And I am, and I'm raising my kids that same way. And my husband and I are doing the same. And it's just one of those things when I say I'm going to do something, I don't want anything stopping me and I won't let anything stop me. I'll figure it out. So do you think that, you know, it's interesting because uh, primarily your audience and correct me if I'm wrong is majority females. I mean, you're talking to the female, you're talking to the moms. Yeah. Um, and you know, we're, we're all kind of, you know, kind of struggling in our own way. And it's really interesting because when I hear a lot of, you know, women supporting women and girl boss and mom boss, you know, I love the camaraderie, but then I ask myself the question, I, I say, you know, we always want to be inclusive. And I feel like sometimes when you get a guy in the mix, <laughs> it can, it can give some good texture to the conversation. Um, and I'm a different kind of dude where, you know, I was raised by a single mom. So even growing up, 90% of my, my friends were always females, you know, and I would be little, I was literally the guy that would be playing football, knocking my head. 
uh, and then walk over and, and just go join the ladies and go talk about clothing and what kind of shoes. And, you know, I was stealing my sister's skincare products at 13 years old for, for face, facial, <laughs> right. like just, just complete nutcase when it comes to that. But I've always been fascinated with women because, you know, I'm, I'm such a proponent of women and women, you know, we, we talk about fighting for a, you know, a table, at, uh, sorry, a seat at the table. I've always thought women were the fucking table. You know, I've always believed that I've always known that. And I'm like, you know, give me a, like, show me a strong woman. Like my wife, my wife is a strong woman. I look, I look to my wife every single day for strength and usually sit back and I'm like, this woman's a beast, you know, mm, and she, yeah. she loves, she, 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 she takes care of home. We, we co-parent, we do all these things and she does it all with a smile and it's got this unlimited basket of energy. So for you, you know, when you're talking and when you're, you're speaking, all I feel is this consistent flow of crazy amounts of energy. So there's bad people out there. Okay. And this yeah. is a great conversation. Um, I've experienced it. I've literally had people, I know they wake up to this day and they actually are trying to figure out how can we block Ryan from all the magic that he's going to get, right, you know, sucks. and, and I, and, yeah, and, 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 and I think they go to bed, they brush their teeth and they're thinking about me. But my response to them always is this, I love you. And I'm so honored and humbled that you're putting that kind of energy into me. <laughs> right. But at the same token, why, why are people, you know, spending so much time trying to block other people's blessings? So you said, Hey, if somebody said, I can't do something, I'm going to go all in and go all out. And that is not easy for people to do. So I know it's you not. said, Hey, I, I had a good upbringing, but what is it deep down that really just ignites that out of you? Like, where are you getting this grit, this competitiveness, just this relentlessness on it? Well, so I've always been competitive. Like I'm competitive and again, not with other people, competitive with myself mm. because yeah. when I, I, I'm very, as you said, I wear my heart on my sleeve. I know myself really well. I always have. Um, and I think that's a blessing. I, I know myself. I've always, in every stage of my life, I'm like, okay, this is what I, you know, I, again, I know my strengths and weaknesses. So one of the things that, I, when I have a passion is I know when I'm in the best headspace, I'm the best mm. mom, I'm the best mm. wife, I'm the best mm. friend. Um, because I am emotional. I, you know, some days I'm like, woo, like my mom used to say, when <laughs> I was in a bad mood, the whole life, the whole house was in a bad mood. When oh. I was in a good mood, I, the whole house was in a good mood. I am, I'm fiery. So like, you know, I am, uh, and, and I know when I am in a great spot, I can lift people up. Yeah. I can lift people up because I know my energy, as you said, I know my passion. I know I can create really good things and I can help other people create good things. And mm. that's when I am in my best spot. So I think I'm always striving to be in that spot. So if I feel like, uh, you know, I'm getting a little antsy, mm. I'm getting a little stuck, let me. And so I, that's one thing I want to help people. And it was interesting when you said about the, um, you know, the women, like helping women right now, mm. the reason why that was like what I first started doing with this interview series is because I had a friend that I saw, um, and this is what, you know, your next stop became is mm. interviewing people that have followed a passion. And it, it's not so much, I've, I was raised and I'm raising my kids the same way, man or female, you have greatness. And mm. sometimes I really, it frustrates me when people will like, uh, sometimes say, well, I didn't get that because I was a woman or I, mm. that man got it. There was, there's been times in, in my husband's business world where he didn't get a job specifically because they needed to put a woman there. And mm. that frustrates me because he was so much more qualified. Mm. So I feel like the world a lot of times does that so much like, oh, well, we just have to fill these, check these boxes and we have to make sure. But really it's the person that is qualified. So I have, when my daughter was born, she did exactly, I raised her so much the way I raised the boys. And of course you raise kids all different because they all have their different personalities. But mm. we have always told her there's nothing you cannot do. 
You mm. want to play? You want to play football? You know, mm. she's like, no, not really. Okay, but you could. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, that's good. You, I like that. You could if you wanted to. Do you want to yeah. wrestle? Like your older brother wrestled. There was a period. She's like, yeah, I'm going to try wrestling because she's strong. She's a gymnast. Mm. And mm. I think that's so important to make everyone know whether you're, you're, whatever your gender is, it shouldn't put limitations. And it is something in society that I feel like they do. It's always like, oh, well, okay. Cause they're a woman. We now need to give them a little extra. No, I'm going to fight mm. for everything because mm. I'm going to be qualified. Not because I have mm. a vagina, not because I have mm. a vagina and boobs because mm. I have, because I earned it. And so that's mm. how I live life. If I earn it, and then I expect to, you know, that then that something to happen. But just if someone else gets the job because because they have a penis, like mm. I, that that would annoy me if I was more qualified. So I do feel like it's like, you know, one of those things. It's not just a men or woman. And I really do live that way. And it's it's something. So I I feel like that's also my passion. Like mm. I'm I'm going to earn it. I don't want things handed to me. And it's interesting because mm. one of my children is very much like that. Mm. Um, and he'll say like, I'm no, I, I need to earn that. I'm not going to just mm. like get the handout. Yes. In life, sometimes it is nice when you are acknowledged for something and maybe, mm. you know, just to get like, not a handout, but like, um, if you're in the right place at the right time. Mm. Right. You know what? It's, it's interesting. It, we talk about equal distribution, right? Uh, ideas and opportunities. You know, when I had Seth Godin on my show, he, he, I shouldn't say Seth Godin and Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful. He said, uh, I asked him a question because I talk, you know, there's a lot of inclusivity stuff happening on racial black lives matter, me too movements, all these things. Right. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a black dude. I'm in Canada. So, you know, I can honestly say what I see happen down in the States is really different um, compared to what I see here. Right. Is there, is there racism here? Of course there's racism. And, and a lot of it is quiet, which sometimes I feel is the worst kind, you know, because you, it's kind of like fighting an unknown beast. Like, I'd rather step in the ring with somebody that I can see physically touch, know they're going to come attack me right. and literally step in the ring with a ghost. Cause right. I don't know where it's coming from. Right. But it's funny you talk about all that because I, I, I don't feel that anybody should be given anything. I don't care where you're from. I don't care your gender. I don't care your race. I don't care any of that. What I do care about is that we have access to the same opportunities. But right. if somebody says, Hey, Juliet, you know, I got an opportunity here. However, that's where it stops. You need to put in the work and you need to cash in on this opportunity I've given you. I think that's all on you. And totally. if you choose and if you choose not to do that, well, yeah, then your husband, he comes and says, hey, I love the opportunity and I'm going to cash in on it. Well, yo, give him, he, he deserves it. He earned it. He, he worked for it. I, I don't, I don't, I don't want a handout. I don't want a handout. I just right. want, you know, we all have ideas. And what Mr. Wonderful said, and I really loved how he put it. He said, Ryan, what is evenly distributed is great ideas. There's no shortage of people with amazing ideas. He right. said, what is not equally distributed is the opportunity to even get those ideas out there. And I feel like for you, you're such a proponent on equality and really trying to raise people up, help them rise. You know, every, every time I hear you on a clubhouse or your social media or your little clips you post on your Instagram, you know, everything is always centered around, you know, how can you be great? How can you create opportunity? How can we cut out all the bullshit? And you are no bullshit. I mean, you're, you're saying vagina and penis. I mean, you're just you're just that kind of person. I'm like, okay, all right, we're taking it down. We're taking it down there. Okay, okay. But you know, at the same token, I'm like, you're making me blush, but I'm like, I love it because this is all about real talk, right? Yes. And for you, that goes into my question. Is there conversations, and you don't have to mention the name, but give me some sort of scenario where, I'll, here's my question. 
I would like you to tell us about one conversation you had on your podcast that you kind of walked away from maybe not feeling so good where you're like, Ooh, this is, you know, this wasn't, you know, maybe there's something was sad or maybe kind of, maybe kind of got you to think, and I'm not saying it has to be necessarily negative, but it just kind of was like, what am I doing here? And then I also want you to flip it and tell us about one conversation that you said, I'm on the right path. I'm going to keep going. And this was awesome. And this literally put it in cement why I'm doing what I do. Right. Okay. So it's funny that you said the, so when, before I have someone come on the show, I have to vet them. And the way I do it is I ask them to leave me a minute, uh, just a little bit of how they followed a passion or hobby and made it into a career or made Mm -hmm. it into something else. Um, and the reason I do that is because of my energy. So if someone has low energy, it's really difficult for me to interview them. And it's not that I don't like people with low energy because I, I, you know, it's, it's nothing, I'm not, I'm not nothing, nothing against that, but it makes me a little bit uncomfortable. If someone's, Mm -hmm. if someone's a slow talker, I'm like, in in my head, I'm like, Oh my God, just, Oh, oh, just get it out. Get it out. And, And I am not as real as I am in a podcast. So I have to say, I have churned a couple people down and I did that. You know, my uh, this podcast is up and coming. This is growing, and I did it in the beginning where maybe someone had like they actually had a following, but I was like, I know it's not going to be real, and mm. I am I'm real. I have to be real, so I'm going to have to say no. And I said it, and it was really uncomfortable. I felt badly, and I I said it's I'm I'm sorry. Our energies just don't match, and I just wow. I have to be honest with you. And the person was like, Okay, I get it. You know, I'm sure I offended them, but I it wasn't. I was being real. Um. And I, I had to, and even if someone has less, and I mean, I don't expect everyone to have energy like me and, you know, mm. I, at all, mm. I just need them to be able to have a conversation and have it flow and just not be that super slow talker. Again, nothing against slow talkers. It's just yeah. not, it's just not the vibe on my, my podcast. Ooh. So, so that's that. And then what your second question is, I have to say every person that I have interviewed, I literally leave with chills and I get mm. excited and I find the path like each day I'm like, Oh my gosh, I hope X, Y, and Z have listened to this. Cause when I also started this, I did think about this. It was before clubhouse, but it was after mm. COVID. And I was like, okay, my stories, COVID happened. I don't have a lot of funny stories that happened in this last year. Right. Mm. <laughs> I mean, mm. there's good stories, you know, I've the family together, but then there's also tragedy. And I was listening to your um your episode that you had with the the guy that did ice cream, which was oh yeah, a- yeah, sweet and nice ice cream. Yeah, yeah. Trinidadian. Yes, Andrew. Oh, loved him. That's the guy. Yeah, he's oh, a great gosh. guy. Great Love energy him. too, eh? You can always hear somebody's great energy in their voice too. Like you, you just sense that. He's just yeah, sometimes you open up the mic and it goes live and you don't know what you're gonna get. You know, you don't know totally. what you're gonna get. And then, you know, off the first like two seconds, you're like, oh, this is going to be great. You can already tell within the first six seconds if something's going to jive. You already know. So totally. So (laughs) I loved I loved what he said. There was like good and bad. And you were also saying it like COVID. There was things that really actually were awesome for our family. But then we did Mm. have family members die of COVID and, you know, Mm. people lose jobs and stuff. So there was tragedy. Mm. But the thing is, so as I was coming out of that, I'm like, I want I want to spark people's passion. I want people to like, I have so many friends that will say, oh, I wanted to do this or I have this idea and they don't do anything about it. Mm. And I am the type of person, I have an idea and I run with it. Now mm. I've had a lot of ideas over my years, right? I mean, I, I'm, I totally am the type of person I'm like, oh, I want to invent this. I think this could be good. And I start it and then I'm like, you know what? That's not gonna. That's not gonna. It's not gonna keep me going, right? I'm yeah, gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna stop that because I know that was an awesome idea, but it's just not for me. So I think having each person come on, 
and talk about different things. I mean, I've had really interesting guests. I had someone that's now making like flower essence and she's really into crystals and it's re- was really cool. And at first I was like, I don't know, but it was so cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know how she got yeah, what yeah. she got. And then I've had a woman that um, has this series, fairyclub.love. I don't know if you've, uh, Catherine Camsey, she's been in groups uh, like in, in clubhouse rooms. She had One a tragedy. Time. Her niece got murdered in London. And Jeez. from that, and she like grew up with nothing really ever bad happening. Right. So mm. like she had like a pretty easy, awesome, mm. loving family. And then her niece got murdered. And it was Jeez. like, she said it just, and she was supposed to get married two weeks later. Wow. And her, her husband was in, uh, in Hawaii waiting for, like she said that just rocked. So she created this whole thing because of that tragedy. And mm. that to me, like it, I literally was like, Oh my gosh. Like I can't even imagine having that happen to me, but I love that she then created something in her niece's honor to help kids like deal with emotions. Right. Most success and in innovation though, Juliet is rooted in deep, dark tragedy. Right. Tragedy. As you said. Yeah. Yes, you really got to do the work, right? When I talk to people and we're when we're vibing on the podcast, I'm trying to not only am I trying to make love to your brain, but I'm trying to get the dark stuff out. I've had right. multiple people cry on my show, you know, and do all kinds of things because I'm not I don't, you know, and you're the same way. I, I'm not trying to get people to come on and answer the same 25 questions that every right. other person who's interviewing them asks. I'm trying to get to know who the hell that person is and why they're really doing what they do. And when we start really debunking and, and kind of demystifying, you know, and deconstructing their path, I mean, it just starts going darker and darker right. and darker and darker. And once we get into that dark zone, I'm telling you, that's where the magic is. Oh, it's so right. fucking great. It's a and, turn on. Well, turns I, me on. <laughs> turns me on as an interviewer. No, I do. No, I, I love you, that. I love you can that. Sense it. You're like, holy shit. I'm like, oh, now we're fucking uh, where I need to go. Right. Right now we can actually have a great conversation and you see their whole demeanor. It's like everything sets off their PR people to like, I don't give a fuck about them. Now you're talking to me, Ryan. And it's like, click, click, like you see it. Right. Well, and that's the reason, one of the reasons why I asked you to do this, because mm. the thing that you also said is uh, in one of the uh, rooms that we were in was that you do a little bit of research, but you love just to get into conversation and you come up with questions as you're talking to someone. Correct. And Correct. that's how I am because I'm curious. And we, you exactly said the same thing in one of your podcasts. I'm curious. So I mm. am always, when I'm talking to someone, I always ask them questions. And it's always like a lot of times people will stop and be like, oh, uh, I, I've, I've actually never thought of it that way. Yes. And that's why I knew when I started doing this, I was like, I have found my sweet spot. I have found mm-hmm. what I am really good at. I know I'm really good. And I know I'm really good at motivating people because of that energy. Um, mm. And I, I think it's interesting when you said about the, you know, the dark, like that's where dark things happen. Mm. I, my parents were divorced. Right. So that, you know, that definitely, there was some dark thing. I don't, can't put pinpoint any really dark thing other than, when I was growing up, I struggled. Like I struggled and school was hard. But I think that a lot of that I took into my adult world. And I remember this is actually interesting because as I said, Go back I was, there for a sec though, Juliet. Why did you struggle? Like and when you say struggle, what did that mean for you? Oh, well, just give like, us give us context on that. Yeah, just because of my learning disabilities. Because okay. it, just school was hard. Like I literally remember sitting in class and looking around and being like, everyone understands what the teacher's saying. I mm. literally think they're talking in Greek. Like I have no idea. Like yes. what the hell is happening? What? And, yes. and, and then being like, shit. And I remember, and I talk yeah. about this on one of my podcasts in fourth grade, my entire class. And I, I was popular. I had a lot of friends. As I said, I was mm. sporty and stuff. Mm-hmm. So my, I, I literally 
remember all my classmates went to gifted and talented and I went to special reading me and this mm. other kid that <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I loved, I loved Rodney and he, and we would like laugh and goof off. But very early on, I was like, Oh, okay. I'm with, and it usually was with the boys that were the mm. naughty boys. I wasn't mm. naughty, but I definitely talked in class, but I was always that. And my friends would be like, why are you going there? And I'd be like, I don't know. I guess I'm, I'm having a hard, like I didn't hide it, but I do mm. remember even in adult world when I've had to like take a test, I literally start sweating and the anxiety come and I'm like, Oh shit. That's like a childhood trauma. Like, yeah. oh, oh, I Ooh. like, I get really, really nervous. And it, Ooh. and, and my oldest is dyslexic and I know mm. like we've worked through and I'm, I always say to him, I'm like, dude, it's, it's going to be what you have to work through it though. Like if this is your life and you're mm. going to do amazing things because dyslexia is not going to hold you back from stuff. There's so mm. many famous dyslexia, you know, dyslexic people that mm. have really are successful. And it's because we think we think different. We think how different. you take your dis, how you take now the dyslexia and manage to make it into, you know, it's like you're, you're you've made it into your superpower. Like how, how do you like, it's funny. Cause I wouldn't say I have ADD, but for me, a big part of my life is a computer and it's very nitty gritty and, and detailed. And you know, I'm a marketer, right? But it is so hard where I'm like, I, I envision myself smacking my head against the computer. Like, I'm yeah. like, okay, I gotta go there. I gotta go there. I gotta go there. I gotta go there. I got lots of energy. So for me to stay focused, you know, like boom. And, and this is what's amazing. This is why you're a great interviewer. People think we're great interviewers for the wrong reasons. Let me explain this. I'm genuinely got a lot of energy where I'm like, I'm curious, where are we going to go next? Where are we going to go next? And people are like, Ryan, you were really into that interview. I'm like, cause I don't know how else to fucking be. Right. Like I'm already, like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to come through the screen right now. You know, like, like, <laughs> totally. and, and, and they're like, you sound, you seem so excited. I'm like, cause I am, you know, like, cause <laughs> I am like, I, I'm not, this is not an act right now. You know, right. like, I'm curious about who I'm talking to. And I think what I love is if somebody tries to pivot away from one of my questions and give me this really smart answer that doesn't really answer my question. Cause then I'm like, okay, well, I'll listen to you. And then I'm going to come right back. Right, right, like, right. Oh shit. Okay. We're, we're going to have to answer this. Right. So no, for you, dyslexic, that's your struggle. That's your pain. And I, and I think that's really, really cool. So you've managed to take that and turn it into quite a blessing. Yes. And I also have attention deficit. Like uh, I was diagnosed in college and then I realized I didn't suck at school. Mm. I actually am really smart. And that was when I first realized, and I went into radio, television and film. I stopped sports because that's mm. all I did. Cause that's what I was good at. So I always did mm. what I was good at. And I, I got on the Dean's list. And my, mm. my family was like, holy, holy shit, what happened? Yeah. And I was like, yeah. okay, it's, it's, I started learning from professors the way I needed to learn. I learned mm. different and kids learn different. And I'm a huge component in education. I mean, I am my, my son's biggest advocate. I have, have him his biggest advocate. Like he knows, and he is the coolest kid and he knows he struggles in school, but he knows all the stuff that he is so good at. And he mm. actually is probably more dyslexic than I was, but also has more strength. So he can listen to a book and memorize it word for word. It's crazy. That um, is amazing. I know. I was like, damn it. I didn't, wow. get, I didn't, I didn't get that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get the good part of it. What's <laughs> going on here? <laughs> right. But my dad, my sister, we are a very long line of dyslexic learn mm. people that have, have struggled in school, all successful and all, mm. all really great personalities. And so I always mm. say, I have like, so when people talk about attention deficit, I'm like, I have the good attention deficit, which is putting it down, but I am the one that's super intuitive. I can read people. 
I love conversations. I can sit and listen to you. Yes. If I have something to say in my mind, I keep repeating that thing that I want to say, because I don't want to forget it in my Mm. head, but I can listen to you and do that at the same time. And Mm. that is a gift because not everyone can do that. So I can do a lot of different things. I also know my weaknesses because of those. I mean, I am Mm. not very organized, but I'm organized in my own self. But if someone else were to come in and try to help with things, they'd be like, what the hell? Mm. You know, so that that is something that is always been there. But again, yes, I use it as my superpower. I don't, it doesn't define me. When I speak at a where I used to speak at schools prior to COVID, and I always spoke on resilience and entrepreneurship, I always would, um, every time I'd go into school, I'd always walk, like go there early just to walk around, get a feel for the school, you know, look in the classrooms, things like that. And it just would kind of bring me into that space. And every school I walk in, I can't help but always think to myself, I, I need to see where, you know, spe- I need to understand what kind of special needs programs they have or, or where those classrooms are. And I would always try to gravitate to there because I said, and I would say to the principal all the time, I'm like, there's your next Jeff Bezos. There's your next Bill Gates. There's your next. And he, he looked at me and they all look at me like, well, yeah, but what about Sarah? Sarah's like 100%. Sarah's our top class. And I'm like, no, I don't care about Sarah. Right. Listen, there's 7 billion people in the world. How are you going to create a curriculum that's going to showcase all those people in their best light? It's not going to happen. So we've, we've, we've kind of moved into this and I don't know how we got there, but you know, a lot of people still say, Oh, it's special needs. Like, even as you're talking about, you're like, you know, I had to go chill with Rodney. You know, there's still this like a little negative energy around it. I'm like, totally. Yeah. And I don't get why that is because I'm like, well, of course you got to be special. Like you're actually a special person. Like most teachers, you know what they try to do? They try to knock the special out of you. Oh, hey, totally. Juliet, come in here. Hey, Juliet, write it like this. Hey, Juliet, think about it like this. And here's what happens. Sometimes the, the teachers are successful at knocking it out of the student. And that was the one thing you had that you could have brought into your adulthood that truly makes you unique. Totally. And now, here, welcome to 2021. We're in COVID. Here's what COVID did. It gave the world a bitch slap. And yep. said, shut the fuck up and sit the fuck down and ask yourself this question. Who the fuck am I? And what the fuck am I even doing right now? Yep. You have doctors that are discovering that oh, I only became a doctor because my parents were doctors or my parents told me I had to go to medicine. You know, I, I, I have a friend who's a, who's a freaking uh, a neurosurgeon and he decided that he just can't stand it anymore. And he wants to go be uh, a fucking, uh, what is it? Uh, like a woodworking guy. Like he just likes to, to work with wood. Right. The guys went to school for like 20 years. You know, wow. it's yeah. me and he's like, you know, Ryan, I, I just got to be honest. Like, I'm, I'm, I don't love this. And I, every day I go to work, I'm kind of feeling like I'm going to hell and I, I only have one life to live. And this is not very right. settling for me. Right. Yeah. So for you, let's talk about your ADD and coming into attention. So as you can see in this interview, here's what I'm doing with you. I'm taking you into really quick super succession questions letting you answer, slowing it down, taking you into really quick super succession questions and slowing it down because I'm understanding who I'm talking to, Yeah. right? You're somebody yep. that's a bubbly ray of fire. So people are listening to this podcast right now. You guys have picked Juliet to really talk into your ears over these past hundred episodes. And Juliet, you pick this audience who's listening to you on your hundredth episode. How did you guys find each other? Yeah. You know what? I mean, social media word of mouth is, is really, I, cause I have not, uh, I just, you know, post friends, family. I have a lot of people. It's really interesting. And clubhouse now clubhouse is mm. definitely, but I will just, you know, in the beginning it was like, Oh my gosh, 
I just sent this to my friend because I I knew that story because you know we we hung out, so I know that story. But I wanted my friend to hear it because I was telling them about you and X, Y, and Z. So it's really been just a simple organic growth, uh, mm. and and which I think is beautiful. And yes, as I keep growing and growing, uh, I just hope the organic growth keeps happening and happening. So I mean, that's really it's it's simple as that. Mm. Now. Where are you taking? Let's talk really quick. Your next, you know, next crazy stop, your next stop, your next crazy town stop. There's all these different <laughs> variations that you have. Um, how are how have we landed officially on your next stop? How did we take out a couple words, get very specific? Yeah. So that that was really tough. And I just finished that. So it's kind of funny that and, and what I don't think I told you, but this is actually like we're recording in March. But this mm. is actually my hundredth episode. Yes, so like, I know. Which, which is so crazy though, because it's like I could have like saved you and then held you, you know, like had because I have other people obviously going. But so I love that. So I basically rebranded because next stop crazy town was those endearing stories. Those were like the fun stories. Crazy town. Crazy town mm-hmm. is like my love. It's my energy, my family's mm-hmm. energy, my dogs, my husband, <laughs> just all of that. Like that's my crazy town. I love crazy town. There's nothing negative about crazy town. So that's why it really spoke to my audience about those stories. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, you know what? Now I'm doing these interviews. And I had, as I kept interviewing people, I've had a couple people say to me like, so what does next stop crazy town mean? Like you're doing inspirational stories. And I was like, mm-hmm. I explained. And then I really, as Clubhouse and talking to people like yourself and others mm. that are more in, the, have been in this industry longer, mm. I came to the decision. I was like, I have to change Next Up Crazy Town because it's not speaking to what my, 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 the podcast is about now. So mm. it is about your next stop. It's talking to people that have followed a passion and found their next stop. So mm. that's where next stop. And then I'm also creating an online workshop. That is going to, it's going to actually help people find their next stop. So it's going to like, if they're, if people are listening and they're like, oh, I always wanted to be a blogger, but I just never had the balls to do it. I'm going to take them through how to do that. Oh, I always wanted to start a podcast, but I don't know how to do that. And it really deeps, it dives into a lot of mindset and also, um, on just kind of getting yourself into the right spot. Because like, I know I wake up early every morning. I work out. If I don't work out, my day is kind of thrown. I take Mm. two days off. I am like five days a week. I go, 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 go. Mm. My weekends, I chill. I eat pizza. I drink, you know, wine. I do all that stuff. But five days a week, I eat clean and I just go. And let's talk about that. So do you drink during the week? Like what's your Monday to Friday look like? What's, what's the, the little nuances you have? Yeah. I mean, for the most part, I do not drink Monday through Friday. Of course there's, you know, times where, yes, I do. And in the, in the summer, it all goes to shit. Cause it's rose time. And I'm like, do, do you drink a lot of booze in general? I want to ask this. I like knowing people. Cause I like asking people these questions. I don't know why when I ask the booze question, people get all awkward and weird and shit. When I ask about, no, I like-, like I've had some weird answers. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck are you saying right now? Like, do you drink or do you not drink? Like, yo, I'm not asking you an alcoholic. I'm just saying, do you drink? I think like, that's yeah. what people, yes. I think people get that. They think that, yes, I do drink. And okay. I, there's times where I've drank too, way too much. I like to party. <laughs> I like that. Uh, I do. I have always yes. had, and I'm 47 now. I don't drink as much because it doesn't sit well with me, which pisses me off. Um, but that's a whole hormonal thing. That's a whole nother conversation. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, no, I, my husband and I have, oh, we're, 
foodies. We love our drink. Like, you know, we have, that's always have been us. Like we, when we travel, it's always like to, you know, find the best Mm. restaurant, but the best restaurant, that's like a local restaurant. We don't like Mm. to do the tourist thing. We love to travel and like do what the locals Mm. are doing and find out like the history and how everyone lives. And so we love to eat like local food and wines. And so, yes, we are like big into that. So I know I just kind of went on a whole nother tangent, but yes, I do drink and I love my cocktails. I love it. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm not ashamed of it. How did you pick uh, one of the hardest things? I think it's so it's so like, and, and I'll, I'll be fully transparent, even in my own show, my audience, I set out the one podcaster that really inspired me was always Joe Rogan. And the reason he inspired me was I loved how he could talk about weed and science and crazy shit. And he manages to chop it up with anybody from all walks of life and really makes the conversation very simple, very easy to follow. And when I created my podcast, one of my biggest struggles was, Ryan, you need to pick a niche. You need to pick an audience. Right. And my personality is so big and my knowledge is so vast that for me to say, well, I'm only going to talk about this. I just felt like it was such a disservice. Now, unfortunately, the true saying is, is if you grow wide, you know, you might not necessarily grow forward. And if I say, hey, my podcast helps women between the ages of 36 to 41 uh, help choose their wine and take care of their feet better. Well, okay. (laughs) That's a very specific niche. Now, anybody who who I say that to, it actually makes a lot of sense. So I can bring on, you know, talk about petties and manis and nail polish and, you know, why you should wash your hands so much. And the fact that don't go buy a thousand dollar pair of heels when your feet look like they're $10 grenades, like can't do that. (laughs) You know, all these things. Right. And I get that, but I, I, I refuse to go down that road because I still have so many passions. And my show has grown so much, but I still suffer with being able to explain my show in one sentence because it is so vast. And I usually land up kind of defaulting to, you know, my show inspires people to live their full selves on purpose, period. Yeah. That's kind of what it does. You listen to my show. This is your 100th episode. How would you describe my show in one sentence or my whole energy or vibe that you get? Yeah. Well, so, I mean, I love your energy and vibe. It totally like, it vibes with my vibe, you know, yes. my energy. I mean, you just, you could tell you love life. You could tell mm, love life. your yeah. social media, you love your, your wife, your kids, you, yes. and your dog and everything I, for me. Right. And that's exactly how I am. Like I, I love hard. I always say mm. that I love hard. You, when you're my person, you're my people, right? Like mm. you, that is it. And you know, like, and you'll know if I'm, if I am, in a, as I said, great mood, good mood. So I loved that about you. Like I got that right away. And I loved mm. your energy, your laugh and how you also talk to people on your podcast. So I've listened to a few of them. You know, I listened to the Amy Porterfield because I think she's mm. brilliant. Um, yes. Brilliant and, woman. and I love what she's doing. And I, you know, listen to the the, I'm going to say it wrong again. That's one thing with my dyslexia. The, Sometimes the, sweet, the sweet, nice guy, the, the ice sweet cream. Nice guy. Yes, yes, nice yes. Guy. sweet and nice ice cream. <laughs> I loved him, loved him. Um, but so what you had said mm. in all of those is you are, you first started as like a marketing, right? Yep. Your podcast was more business. And as yes. you kept going, you inspire people with your energy and with who you are and with your mm. message, right? Like mm. your, even your quote that you just said right now, mm. that is what I see. So when I go to your podcast, I find it similar to what I'm doing. I'm inspiring mm. people. I am getting people unstuck to get them thinking, 
Get them mm. meeting people, get them like the stories of meeting other people from all walks of life. Like I've inter like interviewed people from all from big to small mm-hmm. to, you know, to the left, to the right, whatever it is. But the storytelling, I think you also love that. You love knowing about people like you yes. love learning about people and yes. you love helping other people get inspired and and mm. and personal development right be better than they were yesterday so that's what i like i when i hear like think about your show that's what i mm. see i i know you have your marketing agency which is your business but what you do for your audience is you get them where they're like happy like mm. it's just a happy time like when i listened to yours i was laughing i literally was walking the dogs and i was laughing out loud at things mm. that you were laughing out and sometimes there was a couple times i was laughing and i was like wait i don't even know what he said but i was laughing <laughs> that's awesome i love it that makes me happy no it's interesting cuz so this is what's so funny is a lot of people say, Ryan, I know you're, you're in business and you're marketing, but I think in your podcast, I don't really think of marketing. I think about so much, it's so much more than that. You know, you're, you're showcasing, it's almost like I'm making the excuse for, for, you know, to talk about business, but I, I leave business right quick in the interview. And I'm like, I go from business all the way into like life and inspirational. Yeah. I mean, the motivation, inspiration, I think that's huge. And I, and when I see your show, that's why I ask, I'm like, you know, when somebody's in the elevator and they say, Hey, Juliet, Tell me about your podcast in five seconds. What do you say to them? Oh, I say to them, I said, I talk to people that have followed a passion and made it into a career that are living their best life, loving Mm. what they are doing. They love what they do. Mm. And I I love, I love that. And when you don't, like I have so many people, I know so many people that don't love what they do Mm. and they're just doing it. Actually, I just interviewed someone yesterday and it was such a beautiful, oh my gosh, this was a beautiful one. I can't wait for this to come out. She's young. She's like 28 and she's following her passion. But what it happened was her dad was a doctor who loved his job, loved his job, but got cancer and died early. So she was young when he died. And when he was dying, he said to her, I'm so glad this is happening to me, not Ted, who was his best friend. Mm. He said, because I've loved my life. I loved what I've done. Ted hates his job, but he's mm. doing and it, New York City. So he you know, was a very wealthy man. Um, he's doing it to put the bank in. If this happened to Ted, he would have only had two years that were good wow. in his life. Wow. And, and when she said that, I got the chills and I was like, mm. yes. And my grandmother, Nanny, Marie Cummings, little Italian. She was not Ooh. coming. Cummings at, yeah, four foot eight. Yeah, because are you are you half you're half Italian? Are you full Italian or half Italian? <laughs> no, a tiny little my quarter mom, Italian. Quarter Italian? <laughs> yeah. My, so my mom is uh Half Irish, half Italian, oh. Oh, and God. my dad. Oh, your firecracker! Yeah, like totally. who even wins that argument? <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. And my dad is a bunch of everything. So like we're okay. Irish, we're Welsh, we're English, wow. we're a bunch of different things. Yeah. yeah. So, but my grandmother used to say that. I remember her all the time, and she was a night nurse. She had uh, seven kids in five years, two sets Damn. of twins, a year apart. And my grandfather God. was in the military. So they traveled all, they lived in Germany. They lived all over the place. I can't even imagine. And she was a nurse, but she got married when she was older mm. and the rest of her family got married. They all were in, they worked in the button factory. And she used mm. to say in a very, she was the most pristine, like just the most real person. She would say, I just didn't feel like I wanted to work in that button factory. And she didn't want to say she felt better than those people. Cause that's not what she was saying. She no. just wanted more out of life. Mm. And so she went into nursing. She got married when she was older and her parents would all, you know, they freaked out. Why are will you take, she got married probably like, I think my mom, I'm going to probably not say this right. My mom's going to listen to like it, but she was like <laughs> early thirties, right. Yeah, yeah. Which was back then old. Yeah. And, um, and she said, 
I, you always, when I remember growing up, she would always say, just make sure you love what you do because you have yes. one life. And if you don't love what you do, you're going to be miserable. So I say that like all the time, like my husband, it, he, there are, there's times he's in advertising and he loves what he's, he does, mm. but there was a time where he wasn't working. And I said to him, like, listen, we have a great life. You have provided a wonderful life for us, but if you are not happy, mm. let's sell everything. Let's go and just fine. And he was laughs because he's like, no, but I do love what I do. <laughs> <laughs> That's and, awesome. And I That's don't awesome. want to sell everything. And I'm giving me those hypotheticals. I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. And I don't want to live in a van by the, you know, the river. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, you. So that's you subliminally deep down saying, yo, man, I think we could, I think we should do that. It's a, oh. you're, you're saying all that for selfish reasons. <laughs> yes. I love, I love the unknown. I love picking up and just doing, and that's probably a little bit of my attention deficit. I, my yes. biggest fear in life is being bored, yes. being bored and being stuck. That like makes me like, I, I but I would never let that happen. Yes. Right. I would yes. never let that happen. So when I see people that are like that, I don't feel sorry for them, but I want to help them. I want to inspire them. So that's what my podcast is about. I want them to listen and be like, oh my God, that person did that. I can do that. And then they can, if they were like, I don't know what to do, they can go into my workshop and I can give them the tools to do it. So that's, I'm so proud that it's all kind of coming together. And I'm literally just in the process of getting this workshop out. And it is, it's like your next stop. This is your next stop. Let me ask you this, you know, cause this is podcasting. This is interesting. I, I actually did this the other day, yesterday, actually. I've had so many guests that when I, when I do the episodes with them, they'll share it and then some don't share it and then they'll give me so much love, but they won't share our actual episode. Here's what right. I think. No, no. Here's what I think. Cause I think about stuff. My wife's like, well, why do you care? I'm like, I don't really care, but I'm, I'm just weird. I'm a weird guy. I'm weird. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I'm weird. I own my weirdness. No, I do too. I love it. I think right? about the fact that, okay what the fuck is going on here? Here's what I think happens. Trust me, you're going you're gonna to get this vibe. I think you're going to think of things a little differently. When people get too comfortable with you in an interview, I think we all want somebody genuinely when they interview us to really care and show up for us and make us feel during that interview that they're all are, like that, that person's mind and focus is completely on the interview. Like I'm, I'm, I'm interviewing you right now. I'm here for you. There's nothing else in my head. My head is completely here for you. But if, if I pull something from you, that's so deep that you're like, whoa, like to the point where you get off the interview and you're like, you know, you felt a little vulnerable. Cause you're like, whoa, whoa, I never really said that publicly. Or maybe that was a little too deep. I feel like some big name guests, they love it, but they almost are like, I don't want that to go out. I don't want that to go. Out. I think it's like a buyer's remorse in the sense that they really enjoyed the topic and then they're like, wait a sec, that shit was recorded. <laughs> right. And now so some, gonna, yeah. So I, I actually messaged a few people that are notables for my, my podcast and kind of just said, hey, we're trying to better serve our guests after the interview. I'm just trying to figure out, you know, we seem to have a great relationship, but you never share any of our stuff. Like they'll share some of my stuff with other people. So it's not that they don't want to give me their audience because they're giving me their audience already, right. but they won't share our stuff. And it's the weirdest thing. That's so interesting. Yeah. what would you say would be your guess on why that is like off the top of your head? Oh, I think what you said is like all like they felt really real. I mean, because we've talked about this in Clubhouse, right? When people come yeah. to podcasting rooms, they're like, I want to get that big, big guest. And a lot yes. of times people will say, 
okay, the big guests are not going to share it. Like it's better to get people that are real, that are like, you know, that have an audience, even if they have a little audience, if you're getting 10 or 15 new listeners. These are the, they're sharing though. Like like the, assuming the big guest does share, but they don't share their own episode. Like it's, Oh, odd. that's weird. Well, yes, that is weird. Yes, see, this is my point. Oh, so, yeah. so you can't go down the angle of, well, maybe they don't want to give you their audience or blah, blah, blah. No. It's like, well, they've already shown those warm signals. So but when it th- comes to them, they, they avoid it. Right. Do it's you fucking think weird. That is weird. So I have a philosophy on that. I think there's some people that, um, and I, and I don't, I don't know many actors and actresses, but I always mm-hmm. feel like when you're listening to interviews, they always say like, I don't like to watch back my stuff. I don't like to listen to my yeah. own stuff. I don't. Yeah. And so I don't think, I think there's a lot of people that don't like to self promote there. And, and this is really funny. I, yeah. You know, they don't want to, they don't want to feel like they're self promoting or, or, or being sold or that. Right. 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 That's true too. Uh, yeah. Be- because you know, I, we was at, I was in a room the other day and some, it was about actually showing your wins and, and talking about your wins. And a couple of people said, you know, I don't like, it sounds like I'm bragging. And I was like, you're not bragging. Like, that's one thing. Like if you're doing something that you're proud of, it's going to show that you're real. If you're talking about it. Yes. You can tell when people are bragging, but if mm. you're talking about like things that you're proud of, why not share that? Because people can hear and they can know and they can be like, oh, okay. They can get ideas from things that have been a win for you. So why not shoot it from the rooftops? Why mm. keep that in? So I think there are people that don't like to do that, but as you said, because they you know, don't want to feel like they're being sold, right? They're skeptical. Like, why is, why is this? Why do I need to do this? Or it's because they're, they don't want to self-promote themselves. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting because I, I, I always think about it because, you know, sometimes it's it's marketing 101 too. When you have a guest on, primarily you want to make it about the guest when you're promoting it. Like if, it, if I put out a one minute clip on Instagram and Ryan's talking for the whole one minute with like a notable <laughs> guest, it's like, <laughs> listen here, you you pretentious bastard, you know, holy shit, you know, don't be, so, don't try to cover your ego a little bit, like, you right. know, but at the same token, you know, I, I go the other end where I'm like, no, no, like you'll hear my voice maybe five seconds out of the one minute, you know? Right. Right. And I've tried both and it's like, no. And I've tried it on the, I got these two people in mind and I, I can't crack it. And then it's so weird because I've sent them a text and every time I ask the text, like through that question, they avoid the text. And then they'll actually text me back like weeks later about something different. And then right. they'll like my shit on social media. That's like so I'm weird. just, so yesterday I wouldn't say I got upset, but I said to my wife, I said, this is, this is bullshit. That's it. I'm taking a stance here. Like, I don't get it. And I send another message and then I still get, it's weird. Cause I'm like, that is weird. it's, yeah. it's kind of like, it's kind of like me trying to sell you. I'm sometimes I'm of the thought that don't like, assuming I didn't annoy you just say, Ryan, I'm not interested. Like, give me a no and I'll leave you alone. Right. Totally. But if you're, if you're kind of like dodging and then you're like, Oh, hi, Ryan, sending voice messages, dodging, like, no, just no, give me like a concrete. Yeah. I just feel like we're grownups. Right. Just, be, just tell me no, and I'll, I'll never bring it up again. Well, that's the thing. People are shady, and that and <laughs> yeah. people, people are shady, and people are weird. And I think a lot of times, either people don't want to hurt people's feelings, or which is like, you know what? We're all adults, and sometimes people need to hear things because they need to grow, right? Yes. And here's this is so good, and, and especially for your audience, it's like when you put out an honest message. We always say, and I think we like to say it, but I don't think we all necessarily back up or talk. We say it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to ask for feedback. And it's like when somebody genuinely comes to you and says, look, I'm trying to get better. I'm trying to tighten up my process or I'm trying to tighten up my offerings or trying to make this experience a little better. Juliet, could you just give me some brutal, 
you know, uh, feedback at, yeah. because I'm going to use some of that to make me better. If you actually care enough about me, in my opinion, you're going to give it to me. But the worst thing you can do, and I almost, find, I, I shouldn't say disrespectful, but kind of for me, I, I don't like it is you avoid me. Like, right. Don't do that. Don't do that. It's odd to me. It's like, odd. Just be, and if somebody's coming and saying, hey, Ryan, I want your feedback or Juliet, I want your feedback. Well, I'm going to give it to you. Right. But I'm going to tell you up front, don't get upset for me. Go, don't get upset with me. If I'm going to, you know, I might, right. go, I might touch some sensitive topics, but I'm going to give it to you. But do you think though, do you think that that, I feel like someone that's not as secure, like people that are secure, yeah. I feel like can do that. They can, con- they can have that conversation because yeah. they are tough enough. Someone that's very sensitive and not secure. Yeah. They can't, they can't handle it. Yeah. That's a good way of looking. No, that's a good way of looking at it. It's really weird how you, you know, you go on the victim side slash, you know, confident, not confident. Cause it's funny. I, I, I feel like genuinely confident people, first of all, they're very humble. And yeah. here's what's interesting. I could look at that scenario and say, Ryan, you're the one that's maybe like, like, even though I, I feel like I'm more confident in that scenario, I'm so humble that I'll still give the other person kind of the clout, which means that like, I'm like, well, maybe it's the way I asked, or maybe it's the way I did something. And then you, you know, you're right where it's like, maybe it's none of that. Maybe they just are not confident enough to, to deal with the direct. Right. And I think I, I, that actually, though, I think is so much more than people give it credit for. Like I, when I was in the virtual health and fitness, like really in the virtual health and fitness, seeing so many people that I was thought was confident and then be like, oh my gosh, they're really not. They're so insecure. And it's, it, it's, 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 it's really sad because I think there's a lot of people that are a lot more insecure than then they come across about, and it is, you know, you always think, okay, was it how they were raised? Did they have a situation that happened? Um, or are they just not following their life like dream or stuff? So they just keep getting beat up because maybe they were confident mm. in some time in their life. But then, you know, I remember when I had kids, it was the first time and I babysat, I was like a nanny. Mm. It was like, I could not wait to have kids. I was like, that was like, I, I could not wait to stay home with my, my children. I was like, I knew that's what I wanted to do. Mm. And I remember the first, uh, after I had my first, the first time I had like an insecure moment and I was like, oh, this sucks. I was like, mm. oh, I don't like, I never had mm. this, this deep of an insecure moment. And it was because I didn't know what I was really doing. It was my own child. And I think it was not that you didn't know what you were doing. The thoughts of, oh, I could fuck this person up if I, mm. if I don't raise them correctly, mm-hmm. really weighed on me. And I was like, okay, like they're watching me. I need to like, you know. It, I, that is, that to me is so natural. Yeah. It weighs on me every single day. I have never gotten so insecure than when I became a dad. Yeah. I am scared. I run, I'm running this race with my kids scared shitless because I'm trying to make sure that I'm, I'm running it in such a way. And if you've seen my social media, the number one thing over anything on my life is being the best father in the world that comes before business that comes before yeah. family. That, that to me is the number one role I'll ever play. It's the, my most coveted role I'll ever be able to fill. And I'm very thankful for that. And I, and I, you know, when my wife was pregnant, I mean, I wrap, I rejig my whole business. I haven't missed any doctor's appointments. We co-parent, we don't do childcare. You know, I, I'm, I, I changed that. diaper right before this podcast, you know, <laughs> I'm in it. I'm in the thick of the weeds, but this is your show. And this is my last question. We're wrapping this up. Yeah. You did 100 episodes and boom, that's amazing. Ooh, and so for everybody excited. listening, send Juliet her flowers, send her a direct message. <laughs> Juliet is going to close out the show by answering this one question. What is in it for them 
for the next 25 episodes. What can you beautiful listeners expect from Juliet as she brings you down the next 25? I'm not saying the next 100 because I think it's too long out. I'm saying the next 25 so we get some immediate gratification. Yeah, it's just inspiration, inspiration and stories, like learning about other people's lives and what they have done and how what they've gone through to get where they are. And Mm. all of the people you're going to, you're going to cry some of them, you're going to laugh a lot of them, but you're also going to think you're going to leave thinking, huh, can I do that too? Bam. I love that. I love that. (laughs) I love that. Mic drop, mic drop. I think we should leave it right there. I, I, I want to congratulate you from the team holds family. I'm, I'm very proud of you. I mean, I think this is such a good accomplishment. I know how hard it is. A hundred episodes. It's a lot of freaking work. It's a lot of organizing. It's a lot of planning, editing, figuring out schedules. It's a lot. And it's a, you know, I can speak from this. When I started my show, it was a passion project. And I kept kind of telling myself that because I think I was trying to bullshit myself that because it scared me how much I loved it. Yeah. Because it almost, I I love it as much as my marketing company. And that's what everybody knew me for. That was my identity was, was being a marketer. And this podcasting thing came along and I love interviewing and I'm like, I'm really fucking good at it. And so are you. you are, and yes. now, now I'm like, holy shit, this is a, this is a chapter in my life that I had no idea was even in the book, you know? Um, and it's, yeah. And I'm, I'm grateful for it, but I'm scared for it. Cause I'm just like, just, it just goes to show you how life is. You can plan all you want, but sometimes right. shit just happens. It does. Right. It does. So I am proud of you. Congratulations on your episode 100. And thank you thank for you. having me a part of your huge milestone. It, it truly means the world to me, Juliet. Well, I thank you for taking the time because this is, I know you're a busy guy and I I just, I so appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. So thank you, Ryan. You're so welcome. Now I got to fly off here. We're going to talk later. I got to go do another, another episode that I'm a guest on. So I'm like, no, this is good. At least, at least I don't have to do the work. (laughs) (laughs) This was, this was awesome. I I could literally probably talk to you all day. So I just, I, so I really, really from bottom of my heart, I really, I think. Well, let's be friends. Let's keep talking about the importance of great feet and hygiene and all these funny (laughs) little nuances that we tend to talk about. Um, You've been a a really cool person. I mean, you're, you're kind of one of my, my favorite kind of highlights at clubhouse where, you know, I've met some you can always tell you meet a whole whole bunch of people but on me for me at least there's like on, on one hand i can be like oh yeah like i kind of connect with that person way more than anybody else and you've right. just been so fun every time we send a Thank voice you. message too it's just like it's effortless <laughs> it's just like an old friend i'm like i don't even know this I, I i've never even met her in person but i'm like i, I just i don't see any it's just it just flows isn't it funny and we've also this is the first time we've all, all like seen each other on camera I'm yeah yeah we haven't even yeah we haven't even done a video uh conference or anything like that or anything like that so this is so, so this is this is why i love your show though you literally, and, and everybody in the, and I hope, please keep this in because you literally pick somebody to interview you for your episode 100 that you've never, ever done a Zoom call with. You've just literally sent voice messages back and forth on Clubhouse and on, on Instagram. So I salute you. Yes. Thank you so much, Ryan. Take I care. Bye. Bye. I hope you liked this episode of Your Next Stop. Please subscribe to my channel, share with your friends and join in each week. 